what happens when your parents have different money views. In fact, so different that they conflict. We'll hear more from today's guest, Shauna, and what she took away from it coming up next. Need a judgment-free zone when it comes to your financial life? Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for today's Latina who typically thinks English but feels her Latina culture through and through. I am your host, Jen Hempel, and each week, we have down-to-earth money conversations from people in La Comunidad Latina that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. Lista? Let's do it. Hola, hola. ¿Qué tal? How is it going? This is your host, Jen Hempel. Today, we have a fabulous mujer, and the pun is intended there. You will see in a little bit why this is a pun. In today's episode, you're going to learn the conflicting views her parents had about money and what she took away from it, as well as the details behind the time in her life where she used shopping to feel better and how she used the acronym FAB, which stands for Financial Active Blueprint, to help her clients not fear the budget. Let me share with you a little bit about Shauna Kabasnik with her over 20 years experience as a Latina woman in a male-dominated financial services industry, this motivational strategist has experienced firsthand the challenges and frustration of selling for a living. Overcoming her challenges, Shauna became a top producer in her field by leveraging her basic understanding and appreciation for connection and relationship. Realizing her passion for inspiring, educating, and empowering women were bigger than the financial services realm. In 2014, Shauna founded Fab Women. Are you getting why there was a pun in the, in the beginning? An international women's organization, this is what Fab Women is, and the group has grown and thrived as Shauna's fearless, authentic, bold message spread. Today, Shauna shines as a speaker and as a strategist, delivering keynotes, workshops, and programs focused on creating an authentic connection with prospects, building relationship-based teams, and embracing cross-cultural diversity. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer a Shauna. Let's go meet Shauna. Bienvenida, Shauna, to Her Dinero Matters. I am thrilled to have you here. I am excited to be here, too. Muchas gracias. No, con gusto. Well, we share a, a good bit in common. Uh, as uh, you are from Ecuador, I'm from Colombia. You have parents from two different countries, uh, like I do, and then you moved to the States. I can't wait to compare notes and see some of the similarities and maybe some of the differences. So let's start with your money story. What did you hear? What did you observe and experience that had to do with money? When I was growing up, as you know, um, because of my my very diverse background, like you mentioned, as far as having an American father and a Latina mother, this story of money, I guess I should say, is nobody really spoke of money because whenever I needed something, I just had it. 
probably until I was a teenager where my dad started saying that if I wanted spending money, then I needed to do my chores. So I think that taught me that if I wanted something above and beyond, then I needed to work for it. And I say that work for it because it wasn't really hard work, right? But there was an exchange of, if you do this, then I give you this. As far as with my mom, I think that was a little bit different because her money story was that you didn't use it just for fun stuff. You didn't use it just to go out and spend it. Where my dad was more about you earned it, spend it the way you want to. So I think she wanted to mostly... I don't want to say control, but she wanted to mostly make sure that I spend it in things that made sense. Got it. And do you think that was a Latino influence or do you think that was just part of her upbringing and the differences in their upbringings? I think really it was more of a Latino influence because of just the culture. And it it might have actually been a, a combination because of her upbringing and her family values and whatnot. But it's definitely also a cultural Latino thing where you don't really talk about money, just like you didn't talk about many of the other things, you know. And when you do have it, you were careful what you did with it. Got it. And I'm curious because I know I experienced, you know, like I said, I'm comparing notes <laughs> with your upbringing and mine. And, and it, it was, it's very similar where my mom, it was all about the work. And to this day, she, uh, Shauna, she is just such a hardworking woman. She's almost, hopefully at the end of the year, she'll retire finally, like she's been talking about it for years. But that's been like, her way of providing for family, right? That it was work, 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 work. And then my dad, it was, he was more relaxed about it and more things are going to work out. And when we moved to the States and I heard the word allowance and I learned what that was, I'm like, what? Look, kids get money, say what? (laughs) That was like a whole novelty for me. But uh, so that's interesting. Now, you lived in Ecuador till to your teen until your teens, right? I I actually graduated high school, so I was yes, till I was nineteen and then I came to the States for college. All right. So you moved to the States. Did you have any challenges in adjusting to the States in terms of the finances, in terms of like how you thought you were supposed to manage money versus what you were taught? Those type of things. Um Yes and no. So when I moved to the States, uh, when I started college, I was very fortunate because my dad wanted me to focus just on my studies. And I do remember, it's funny you bring this up, because I do remember him loading up my card, I guess, you know, the food card or, or food, you can either get food or books or whatnot. It was, you know, and I remember compared to other people, I had a lot of money on that car because people were like, he gave you how much? And I'm like, because they were watching when they went to lunch, you know, how much they were spending and all that. And I do remember that whatever that allowance was that I got, 
was above and beyond what everybody else had. And I had no idea, but I think he didn't have idea either because this, you know, he lived in Ecuador as well. So this was new. And later he found out that he gave me too much and he adjusted. <laughs> Did you tell him or no, he just found he out found in other ways? conversations. <laughs> and, you know, I was not going to say anything. So I didn't really feel the effect of, you know, having to really watch it because it was it was like a credit card, right? I, I had the money there. But there are some things that thinking back, and you really are making me think back, was I do remember um, getting a one of those pre-approved credit card offers in the mailbox. And I remember going, okay, so what is this about? Because I really didn't know much about credit cards. And I had a friend that's like, oh, you get this and then, you know, you can use it, but then you have to pay them back. And she was giving me this whole spiel about credit cards. And I never dealt with credit card. And in Ecuador, people dealt with cash, mm -hmm. right? So just like with you. So credit was not something we used. So I did not take, I guess you would say, advantage of that. But I do remember that the kids that did and they were out showing their credit card and they were buying stuff for everybody and spending the money. Later, when the bill would come, they were starting to freak out because they didn't have the money to pay. And they had to go back to the parents and say, I need to pay this bill. So it was kind of interesting because I don't think people were educated about what the implications were on getting this credit card. So I will say that was kind of an, an interesting thing that was definitely different was the use of credit here versus the use of cash, how I grew up. Interesting. Yeah, because it is still to this day, I mean, it's, oh, you know, more people are aware of credit cards. But one of the things that I find surprising that is not taught very not taught correctly is that people are being taught to use that yes use credit cards to build your credit and yes mm -hmm. that's that's the truth but what they're saying they're telling them and I'm, i believe and i'm not sure who's telling them but i from my understanding it's the credit card company themselves but is they're telling them, yeah you can use it to build your credit and all you have to do is pay the minimum payment and omitting the part of if you pay the minimum payment, you're going to be charged interest on the rest of the balance. So that's one part that I'm seeing a, a, a lot lately is it's that not even misunderstanding. I don't know what to call it. I don't know if it's just I don't know if the the people that are saying this are intentionally saying this or they are saying the, the truth in terms of all you have to do is pay the minimum payment mm -hmm. to be good, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of to not get in, in trouble with a credit card company, but they're omitting the other part. So yes. I find that very, very interesting. Now, Talk to us. I know one thing that we had talked about before was that you enjoyed spending money to make yourself feel better. So tell us a little bit about that. How, when did you come to that realization? And or did you always no, know? Not, not really, because, you know, college was one stage, right? And then mm -hmm. I, if we're talking about money, I got my first job and I was living with my aunt and she was only charging me like a hundred dollars a month to just stay there. And again, it was just part of being responsible because I stay here in the States. I had that, uh, that scary moment where I thought I was making a lot of money 
And then when the paycheck comes in, there's all this money coming out that I wasn't aware of called taxes, right? So that's another, I think at that point, it wasn't that. I think the moment that I figured that out or the, I've always liked shopping. So I, I was used to going shopping in Ecuador, used to going shopping here. It's when I was having issues in my marriage and I was, I don't want to say, I wasn't using it like therapy, but it was that immediate gratification. And it really wasn't so much about me. It was buying stuff for the house or buying stuff for my kids or, you know, a few things for me, but it was just that distraction. That's what it's, it is. It's not therapy. It was just distraction and that feeling that you got that, hey, I got something new. It, it was a new outfit. It was something to decorate the house, which removes you or brings your brain out of the, the reality of where you're at. And for that moment, you're excited about this new toy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that makes sense when you're experiencing some challenges, you, a natural way to deal with it is distraction yeah. or to do. And so, um, that is, that is definitely a way, way to do that. And so did that just over time, go away as you uh, process the challenge as you were dealing with your marriage that that I would presume that over time that just kind of minimized or um, I honestly don't know I think it was more than just about the the marriage actually I think it was the roles I was in because once I gra you know I graduated from college and I started working at a bank and of course then married and stuff but I've always been in the financial industry until I started my own business, right? So it was just a part of the knowledge behind money and budgeting and all that. I wasn't really tying it with the emotional part. Now, with that being said, there are ways now, just like I was teaching when I was an advisor, where I can budget in the, the fun stuff and I can budget in the money to go out and buy a pair of shoes or purse or whatever, you know, whatever I like. There is still times that I find myself that maybe I'm stressed out over something and I do go out shopping, but it's not a shopping spree. It's not a spending thousands of dollars and stuff that is not worth it. It's more of a, not, it's a feel good for a, for a little bit, but it's an exciting feeling, but it's not as strong as it was. It was just a I want to go out and do a little shopping. It's different now. It wasn't feeding my mental state as it was before. Got it. Got it. So you also mentioned you work in the financial industry. So you worked at a bank, you worked, and you also did some of financial advising. Were there, there any other roles that you um, had while you were in the financial industry? Well, I, I started with a bank, but then actually mm -hmm. I then uh, was in the mortgage industry. So I was a loan officer and then I switched over to the insurance industry and then to the, you know, investment side and whatnot. And then again to banking. So all of that, it was all about the money, the budgeting, all that in between. Got it. And what, what were some commonalities or common themes that you saw while you were in the financial industry in terms of challenges uh, that you thought that surprised you maybe? Are you asking my challenges or people I worked with? People you worked with. Uh, honestly, one of the biggest ones, and actually I thought about creating a new speaking topic around this, was budget. Mm -hmm. And I know you can relate to that. 
whenever I mentioned the word budget, people would freeze, right? And they would feel, especially women will feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I feel so bad about this, or, you know, I didn't do a good job, or you're going to kill me, or any of that, where I would turn around and motivate them and say, it doesn't matter what happened before, it is what you're doing with it now, right? I think the other one was definitely talk about if they bankruptcy. I actually wrote a blog article about life after bankruptcy. Again, it was situations in their lives that a lot of times might have actually been out of their control that they felt that it defined them when they didn't. Mm. So I even switched the name of a budget and I call it a fab sheet, which was kind of funny now. And it was the financial active blueprint. And it was, oh. yeah, and it was kind of funny though, because instead of saying, I'm going to send you a budget, I would say, I'm going to send you a fab sheet. And then your brain just engaged on that and it felt better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, so I think that was really the biggest is. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Is the foundational where everything starts and it was the budget. Yeah, because people, and I think, I wish there was, of course, that's the most common term on what people understand, but it does have that negative connotation of being restrictive. And because a lot of people don't stay consistent, then there's that other connotation of like, it's impossible, it's not easy to do. But it's all definitely a mindset and just like you created that fab sheet, which I think is fantastic. It just shifts and that brain to thinking into more in a positive mindset, which I find fabulous, Fabulous. no pun intended or or pun intended. (laughs) So you had this experience in the financial services industry, but you also shifted and created your own business. So what led to that? And tell us about your business as well. That's interesting. So the underlying topic, if you will, from all of my journey was the value of feeling connected. And because of my upbringing, very unique and diverse, I felt very disconnected in my culture, with people, with family. It was just, and then coming to the States, I felt disconnected. And then again, going through divorce, disconnected. Speaking with women, I was getting them excited in doing workshops about money, but it was back to connecting, right? Connecting with your money, connecting with your mindset, moving forward. So really fab women was built on, is built on the value of connections. And actually the tagline is where connections are created. And the idea or the reason why was that I feel like if as women, we feel that we're valued and we feel that we're connected with others, we're connected with ourselves, that we're stronger. And that's kind of how it started to evolve and now it's become this community of women that are coming together to have that value that brings, I guess it's that feeling that you get by collaborating and feeling connected with other women that are like-minded and supportive of each other. Love it. And so you created it out of 
of feeling disconnected. And I'm curious, and here I am comparing notes, being that we had similar uh, upbringings. You mentioned that, did you feel disconnected in Ecuador too, being that with the two different, yes, okay. So I feel you there. And then moving to the States, I also felt disconnected because I didn't feel like I fit in. Yes, absolutely. Right? Because definitely the Hispanic heritage was strong in the terms of I didn't have the the freedoms, if you will, as other teens or other kids my age, because my parents were uh, more, well, my parents, more my mom noticed this. My dad was all about, hey, go have some fun. My mom was like, Chief, you don't need to be having a boyfriend. You don't need to do all, do this, right? So it was that that feeling different, right? Of like, where do I belong? And then I felt like I never won with either culture, yep. right? Absolutely. So I would go to Colombia. Oh, you are so gringa. Yes. <laughs> You're not Latina. And then here in the States, to this day, I'll always get, where are you from? Because even though I've been here since I was eight years old, I feel like I speak English well. Yeah, I don't, it's not perfect, but sometimes an accent, I guess, apparently comes out because people are like, where are you from? And I I wanted to talk about that and mention that just because being that there are Latinas, we're not the only Latinas in this space and and this that are like, that have this dynamic. I think we have that. uh, I don't know how often it's spoken about because like I said, I never win. And even till this day, I, I have to claim one or the other, even though I'm, I'm a proud American, right? <laughs> I definitely connect more with the Latina roots, even though I have to fight. Yes, I am Latina. Yes, I've been in the States, you know, <laughs> for a they, while, they but know it's interesting. Story, right? They want to know the Correct. story. Yes, I agree. It, very similar of what's happened with me. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted that was just kind of a sidebar, nothing to do with money. But for you listening, that that is a Latina that has a similar upbringing and with parents from two different nationalities. I know you feel us. <laughs> no, I think I think it's great. I think I mean back to what you were saying. You know, people ask me, so did you grow up with English? Did you grow up with Spanish? And I said, I think I grew up with Spanglish, and mm-hmm. we know what that means because I grew up with both. And a lot of times I was mixing it up because I didn't know any better. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. Now, I'm curious as to back to you in terms of you've had this life experience. What would you say has been the biggest money lesson you've learned? Biggest money lesson. Oh, boy. I think especially now, I think it goes back to the mindset so especially as being an entrepreneur and being on your own and people rely on, I rely on my faith and I know that different people rely on, on different things, but it's the mindset that you have to come across thinking that it's there and you have it as opposed to it's not there and you don't have it and you need it and you want it because I'm learning that if I'm strong on my faith, I believe that God will provide and follow that and not contradict myself because I know that sometimes we can say I believe or it's coming and then we can worry because we're like okay how am I going to pay bills or how am I going to do this or whatnot so you got to stay focused 
And if you're saying that you believe, if you're saying that it's coming, if you know it's coming, then you got to stay focused on that, regardless of what's happening at that moment, regardless if you're not getting that email of someone buying into your program or hiring you as a speaker, whatever it is that you're doing to generate the revenue, you've got to stand still on that belief and you've got to call it out and say, I know I've got this and I know it's happening. And again, in my case, I'm like, okay, God, you've got me here for a reason. You've put me here. I'm doing this. You've got this. So it's back to what you said. It's back to the mindset more than anything. It's so powerful, right? And the most powerful part, the mindset, it's like the most challenging part or can be, yes. right? Yeah. I, I shouldn't say it's the most challenging part because that's a negative pensamiento. <laughs> that's a negative thought in itself, but it is the one that takes most work to keep it to something that serves you, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. And the, you know, there's a saying, you can tell yourself you can do something or can't do something. Either way, you're right. So your mind is going to make it right no matter what. So you Mm -hmm. you, you choose, choose the way you think, because the way you think is the way you're going to move. Right. And it's also, I think, besides thinking is actually feeling and believing it. Yes. Because you can say, I can do this. And then inside you're having all these doubts because ABC happened or whatever the case, then that's going to be conflicting. Right. And your mind doesn't know what to, <laughs> what to do. But uh, yeah, just f- believing and um, be- really believing your uh, your abilities, because I think that's important. One last question I would love to ask you. What would be the best money advice for that Latina woman listening at this particular more, uh, moment that uh, you'd like to give based on your experience, ba- based on the challenges that you've had, based on the wins that you've had, those type of things? You know what? I, when you mentioned that, it, the first thing that came to me is because culturally speaking, when I was growing up in, in our type culture, and I know you understand this, is the woman is was expected to stay home. The man is the one that goes out and makes the money, brings it home and whatnot. For the Latina women that are listening to this, that are here in this country, they might still have that second generation, third generation, their parents, whatnot, thinking or saying those things like, you need to stay home or you can't make more money than your husband. It's not going to look right. He's going to feel bad. I mean, there, there's so many levels of that. And honestly, mm-hmm. it can even be for the American women. But I think as Latina women, that those roots are much deeper mm-hmm. because of the mm-hmm. way we, we grew up. So it's owning and being proud of if you're out and making money and you're making more money than your spouse or you're making more money than what your family thinks it's right, or maybe you've chosen a career over staying home and taking care of kids, that's okay. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you're not good enough. Don't feel like you're failing anybody because of you thinking and doing things differently. As long as you're doing it for the right reasons, and as long as you're doing it in a way that helps you, and who you are, then don't allow that negative talk have space in your in your mind and in who you are. Love it. Love it, Shauna. This has been absolutely fantastic. I enjoyed speaking with you today, learning more about you uh, and hearing all the nuggets that you had you shared with us today. 
I love, love being here. Y muchas gracias, mi querida amiga. No, muchas gracias a ti. Chao. So what did you think? Wasn't Shauna fabulous? Okay, I will stop with the puns right now, but I couldn't help myself. That was just a little too much. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed that because she really had a lot of wisdom to share and she definitely brought the wisdom with her in our chat. To connect more with Shauna, you can go to fabwomen.me and I will also have that link in today's show notes. Now, Shauna and I share a lot in common in regards to our upbringing. Just in case you missed a little bit of my story, like her, I was also born outside of the U.S. I was born in Colombia. And like her, I was born into two different cultures, being my dad's American and my mom from Colombia. And later, we both moved to the United States. The only difference is that in between Shauna's and my experience is that she moved to the U.S. when she was a young adult, whereas I was just eight years old. I also loved when uh, she shared her college experience uh, here in the U.S. and how her father would load her card and she later realized it wasn't the same for everyone. She also experienced the different views of money from her parents where her dad viewed money as, well, I earn it, I get the right to spend it as I want to and her mother's view was more hesitant on using money for fun stuff and that's very, very, very similar to my upbringing. Now, I wanted to challenge you again. I know I challenged you last week, but I'm challenging you again because I think it's very, very important. So I want you to, if you didn't do it last week, do it this week. Think to your parents' money stories. See how different their money stories are in between you know, your mom and your dad. And then ask yourself how that has shaped your money story. And I urge you to do this. Don't ignore it. It's so important to really understand their money story, because that's going to impact your money story. And you want to understand why your money story is the way it is, right? So you need in order to understand it and become aware of it and change it to one that better suits you, right? And you may have a fantastic money story. I don't know. But you want to make sure that you understand where this came from, right? And understanding where your money story came from starts with your upbringing. And a big part of your upbringing is your parents, especially if they were there uh, for a good portion of your life. I realize you may be listening and you may be it was not your parents. Maybe it was your grandparents. So if for some reason your parents weren't around for the majority of your childhood, think to the people that helped to raise you. So think to those money stories, all right? So if your biological parents, for whatever reason, weren't around, think to who helped to raise you. And I ask you, it's basically that same question. What was their money story? And what is your money story? What are some of the similarities and differences in between those things? So again, I can't express enough how important it is for you to do this. So don't ignore it. You had a chance last week. You have a chance this week. You always have a chance every week to do so. But I really encourage you just to do it, not to ignore it or say, I'm going to do this later. Just do it. <laughs> anyway, so next week is the start 
of the new Her Dinero Matters. So if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to what is currently known as Her Money Matters. As of June 1st, so if you are listening to this, the day this goes live, that means tomorrow will be June 1st, it will be known as Her Dinero Matters. Now, where you are listening to this podcast, I will continue to keep it for this next several weeks just to give you some time to switch over. And also, I want to remind you that from here on out, so starting next week, all the episodes will be released on Thursdays versus Fridays. So that's another change. So I just want to remind you of that and to go ahead and go to the other what's called podcast feed and subscribe to that one. Because right now it's called Her Money Matters, but as of next week, it will be called Her Dinero Matters. This current feed that you're listening to at this particular time, it will stay alive. Maybe I might have to change slightly the name so there's no two of the same name. I don't know, but the feed itself will stay for the next several weeks just to give you some time to switch, as I said earlier. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Shauna for joining us, for sharing her story, for sharing all her wisdom and her experience. You can find more on where to find her. As I told you, the link over at jenhemphill.com forward slash HDM31. So you can do, go to that link uh, and that will be uh, the brief show notes of today's episode. So I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you supporting this podcast. I hope that you continue to do so with this change. If you love this podcast, if you love this episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend, stranger, coworker, someone that you met on the ride to work, wherever it is, because you just really never know what is going on in their financial life. And this particular episode or this podcast could be that driving force that propels them forward. So thank you for your support. And I will talk to you not next Friday, but next Thursday. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves en vez del viernes. Gracias por estar aquí conmigo. Chao.